Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. Joseph here with Jesse, and we're in. Wait, what do we call this space? I think we're going to call it the Grotto or the, the Grotto Loftus or the <laughs> Unicorn Den. The Unicorn Den. It's uh, formerly the Wizard Lair. Formerly the Wizard Lair in uh, Conduit Coffee. Yeah, it's really a shame what happened to him. <laughs> he was here a while. Hmm. We can talk about that in the third crack. We probably will. So cheers, uh, Joseph. Cheers. I have to so thank this you. is. Thank you for this coffee, because you brought it all the way from Portland up here at the request. Oh, yeah. You asked me, but... Well, I, I did ask delicious. you, and then you helped me with something, and, you know, I know Water Avenue is, mm-hmm. has a place in your heart, so... Oh, very yeah. special place. Yes, the Water <laughs> Avenue, Guatemala, Santa Isabel. No. Before we touch on this, though, oh, yeah, we've got, we got something special we've brewed up for y'all today. Uh, and actually, as You're we were discussing this, about this. <laughs> as, as we were, well, as we were discussing this, we came to the sudden realization that this is basically our five-year anniversary. Right. Like we we actually recorded our first set of episodes in the early half of 2014. Yeah, end of February, yeah. early March. They didn't go out until later in the year, um, and, but that's something we can like talk about whatever yeah. later. Vagabonding. Um, yes, the vagabonding. <laughs> Um, but looking over all the things that we've done in the past five years, we thought it would be really cool to rehash some of those subjects and like revisit some of them as well, but in right. kind of a different I mean, you format. got into all the analytics of just popular oh, yeah. episodes and things that had kind of lasting effect and stuff like that. Yeah, so that's there's right. some topics that we want to talk on. Yeah, there are definitely topics that like stood out quite a and bit. It's when we published them. Oh, and it's been five things years. It's been five years. Things have changed yeah. in the whole industry and ourselves and the. It's cute, and we're calling it the uh, Coffee Lovers Podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, at the episodes. beginning, Coffee yep. Lovers Podcast. Uh, so we, what we want to do is, and, and starting with this episode today, we're actually going to take the very second episode that we did. Uh, the, the very second. The very second. The very second. <laughs> we're going to talk <laughs> about the subjects that we talked about on that episode, but in like today's terms. And then we're going to share with you that old episode again. So part of the reason for this kind of structure, we think it'd be really fun to bring back things that you probably haven't listened to. Because as much as you may enjoy our show, you probably aren't going back and listening to every single episode. that we've If you've published. listened to every episode, let us know. Yeah. We'll... And also, I think you'll still enjoy at least the preview that we're going to have for you on this episode. And then you can also join us in the third crack where we're going to talk trash about ourselves. Wait, That's I right. mean, excuse me. We're going to re- re- critique ourselves. Re-critique. Re-critique. Uh, um, it's going to be funny. We have a lot of things to talk mm-hmm. about. And, um, yeah, things are cruising. we got some good ideas for the future coming up. Yeah. And it's going to be a busy summer in all regards. Yeah. That That's the other aspect is, yeah, it's, it's already a busy summer. Yeah. We're <laughs> definitely not doing this to save time. No, absolutely not. But if we could do something to save time and bring you some yeah. awesome value and enjoyment... Why wouldn't we? Right. And if I can endorse one more time, Water Avenue. Oh, yeah. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about this and then give us a little little. <laughs> My friend Joseph brought it up to me enjoy. from Portland. Oh, yeah. He oh, asked me cool if I wanted some coffee from Portland, and I said, Water Avenue, please. And, mm-hmm. and this is what he picked out. So, yeah, yeah it's really good. Um, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> is that all you want to say on the matter? <laughs> uh we you've we've talked about it's this a before. wonderful coffee. What I what I really admire about I mean Water Avenue's classic. They have a beautiful shop and um, their coffee's really good. They've hosted some amazing events uh, and their staff is kind. Yes, but in the last five years, <laughs> yeah. uh, 
What I like about this coffee, I mean, Guatemalan coffees are amazing. I think that um, the roast on here is delightful. So sorry about the crinkling. Oh, th this kind of crinkling is acceptable. It's a bag. As long as it's not a, a receipt. Anyways, yeah. you can see this is a lovely roast. It's not super light. Like, they give it a little bit of heat mm -hmm. in the caramelization, and I really admire that. Um, yeah. So it's super nice... sweet. It's very rich, yeah. full-bodied. Um, totally easy to brew. I mean, they just nailed it, so. Yes. Uh, and, and this will probably be a subject for another episode. Um, maybe we should have thought about this, but because we we've done some of the earlier episodes where we talk about your introduction to coffee and that kind of thing, and we've touched on this a number of times as well. Right. But you've talked about how Water Avenue is part of that, so totally deep deep roots for you and coffee. Yes. Um, okay, so the second episode. Apples and golf balls. Apples and golf balls. <laughs> we were hilarious still back then. Yeah. I still think I still think we're funny. Uh, so the reason Good we're crew, starting... there's four people on the episode. There's that's some true. Rehashing some old voices on there. Real John. This is one of the episodes with Real John. Real so John. if you've ever wondered about the, you know, origin of Fake John. And, and didn't want to go back and listen to the origins right. of the... This is the Fake John is not here, but Real John is here. So you can listen to Real John yep. talk. Uh, and we'll probably do a, yep. and a, a real mage as well. A real mage, yeah. Real so mage. Uh, Michael Mage, who's been the designer of Extracted Magazine for many years, was on, on a couple early episodes. Yep. So we've picked out this episode, Apples and Golf Balls, not just because it's the second one, but it has a great name. It, it has a great name, but also it actually so that the the subject in it was centered around Blue Bottle's first major investment, and it kind of kicked off. Like, it kicked off a lot of our interest in talking about coffee culture in general. Right. It, was, it was a resounding... I mean, there was a couple big buyouts that year that we talked yeah. about in the episode uh, with Stumptown and Blue Bottle. Not buyouts, but investment. Right. But it's interesting to see where that's come since then. So Yeah. It, it, was, it was, in many respects, I think, the beginning of... Or at least the signal of the beginning of this kind of new era of consumer interest in specialty coffee. Yep. Which has absolutely grown since then. Uh, we've seen on a large scale. Right. And going through these episodes is definitely kind of reignite for me other these like visiting these topics and kind of like yeah. talking about how much things have changed in the industry. Yeah. So it's fun to go and listen to this again. Yeah. And like one of the things that stuck out to me, um, we were we were kind of comparing Blue Bottle and their focus on quality with Starbucks and their focus on consistency. Right. And how like when you look at Starbucks and their focus on consistency they end up. This is why they have like burned coffee, right? But they're like mass. We have so many more things to amounts. say about that we now do. after five years of experience <laughs> in the industry. It's true, and one of the things that I said or I remarked on is it seemed like Blue Bottle's main focus was on constantly improving the quality of their coffee. So while they do have a focus on quality, they're also like juggling this, you know, expansion and. And like large production scale, which is like a huge challenge. How do you make specialty coffee on a large scale? Uh, and it's interesting seeing the things that they've been trying out, right. including like last year, they introduced a new like storage mechanism for coffee, which like looked, it so, still strikes me as like really gimmicky and it's kind of funny, but they're, they're like striving to present fresh roasted single origin coffee on a broad scale, which is like really hard. Right. So you know what's crazy? So I'm looking this up oh, as yeah. we're talking, mm -hmm. which is why I'm kind of giving you the blank stare right now. Yeah, I know. I was looking at my phone. <laughs> yeah. Weird. 
the first uh, Starbucks Reserve mm-hmm. the press release on Starbucks.com yeah. is December 5th, 2014. Oh, wow. So this episode is from before the Reserve was announced. Oh, yeah. And so there's a lot of talk about Starbucks and this and what they're doing, but this is before oh, yeah. the press release came you know, out. And I think there's We've been some, doing this podcast a long time. Things have changed. in this episode yeah. where we're essentially predicting the Reserve. Or like... Essentially being like, if this, Starbucks is going to go forward, they're going to have to do yeah. blah, 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 and then they did. Yep. This is so, before the blonde. Before the blonde. Oh, my before goodness. Before the blonde. Uh, maybe maybe wow. that's the name of our... Before the blonde <laughs> of is going to be named. Of our... Of the our name of from the, the vault episodes. episodes. All right. So, uh, we don't want to keep talking on this because there is the episode. And we're going to talk give talk a bunch about future vaultish episodes. Yeah. And and also we'd really like your feedback. Like, do you want us to go more in depth on analysis? Like, completely. Or is redo there episodes? one that you want us to? Or do you just like our sort of preview of this and listen to an old thing? Or is there an old episode you'd like us to right. rehash and talk about a little bit? And of course, um, any new ideas that you might have. Yeah. Um, so uh, you you just called it from the vault, but also you had an, another name that I think we're going to use uh, from the hopper. From the hopper. From the hopper. Apples and golf balls. Yeah. Episode number two from March 2014. Well, recorded March 2014, published August 2014. That will be a thing for the third crack. Join us there after you listen to this show. CoffeeLettersRadio.com. Support us on Patreon. Yep. Uh, Now enjoy our uh, From the Hopper. Yep. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome to another episode of Coffee Lovers Podcast. I am Joseph, your host, owner and publisher of Coffee Lovers Magazine, and today... I'm being smugly nodded at by Michael Mage, who's joining us. Yo. I don't know if. I don't know if you can. Hello. Hear Quote unquote. I'm um, being smug. Smug. Uh, yeah. So uh, catching up on my podcast homework. Uh, <laughs> basically, we as we, we all uh, are. Um, yeah, as we all are. That there's an article on Slate. Slate.com. That's right. That right. That's what's um, pulling up on my iPhone. About. Blue Bottle. The article has kind of two parts to it. First off, it talks, um, puts Blue Bottle in the light of calling it uh, the apple of uh, coffee, whereas Starbucks is like Microsoft. So it's uh, <clears throat> the only you know, two comparisons it, that are out there, by the way. Yeah, apparently, the only so analogy. so so it's it's got a it's got, you know a very specific experience. Um, it's clean. It's got this kind of techish vibe to it, and uh, I guess some uh, the other part of the article is is uh, some venture capitalists are investing heavily in Blue Bottle uh, as it's going to be apparently the next big thing, <laughs> right? Um, and uh, we just uh, we just kind of want to talk about that because it's I mean the blue bottle is doing some doing some great things. They obviously have a great product. Um, they they apparently have lines outside the door, uh, so they they're doing something right. But there are other cafes that are doing great things as well. Um, what makes them? You know, why are they the apple to Starbucks, Microsoft? Although I would. Akin Starbucks more to McDonald's, but the article titled, by the way, is "Genius Barista: Tech Investors Think They Found the Apple of Coffee." Right. So I found this article really interesting. My name is Jesse Nelson. I'm with Conduit Coffee Company. Oh yes, also joining us, John Liberty to my left. <laughs> I like to interrupt Jesse. I'm just gonna do this a lot. Just trying to get a nice little thing in there, little. We'll edit in there. 
You don't need to clap. <laughs> Just applauding myself. Okay. <laughs> Nobody else does. Everybody gets one clap. <laughs> I found the article really interesting. Um, first of all, I like I like Blue Bottle, and they've done a lot for the industry, especially in in the Bay Area around um, San Francisco. You know, the Bay Area. They uh, they've had amazing coffee. They they kind of came up with a model that worked um, with their alley entrance when they're selling the Gibraltar short little lattes in a glass cup and that was their that was kind of their marketing shtick to begin with and then that was so wildly successful then they opened another cafe and so what what we get into this more what what I like about Blue Bottle is that they have a very community oriented perspective as far as their spaces and what they do with their space and the type of people that are going to be there Um, so to start seeing that being replicated and addressed in here I'm, I'm interested where this is going to go. I was just going to ask if you could elaborate on the Gibraltar alley thing, because I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, excuse me. Uh, <clears throat> Gibraltar, that was the name they gave it, and I'm not sure why, probably having something to do with the Straits of Gibraltar and the Bay Area, but it's just essentially a little latte in a four-ounce cup or five-ounce little, almost an orange juice glass. And, okay. Uh, it was just a real simple little drink that was... You know, Italian style, you walk up and you get your little milky, frothy drink and you sit there and talk to your neighbors and then you set it down and you carry on. And it wasn't really to go. It wasn't, you know, it was very much just a small drink. So, you, you know, it can still be a quick stop, but it's not. Um, That's so they named it the Gibraltar. It's essentially a four-ounce latte. The article mentions their disdain for paper cups. Yeah. Uh, which I like. They're a great company. And they've done amazing stuff with their spaces that they get. And they have some beautiful... Beautiful uh, interior design, especially on their new cafes. Um, this isn't the first coffee company that, an article doesn't mention this, it's not the first coffee company that's received big investment money. Stumptown mm-hmm. got their money last fall, and uh, immediately people thought Stumptown was selling out, but there's not a hint of that kind of language at all in this article. And I think we need to consider, you know, our, our um, discrimination against certain companies that receive, you know, several tens of billions of dollars and other ones that do. Um, yeah. It, it is kind of hard to digest the idea of a cafe receiving, you know, $25 million. Right. Uh, what does a cafe do with that? But uh, as we've discussed before... Blue Bottle is more than just a cafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, let, allow me to be incredibly insulting towards Blue Bottle. Uh, no, they, they are definitely... Um, well, do you think that this is... Uh... Is this uh, investors following a trend from the customers and they're trying to get on board? Or is this investors trying to create a new trend amongst the public? Are they seeing something that's worthwhile and investing in? Or are they actually trying to maybe Hollywood popularize the small micro roasters or third wave roasters um, where they're going to try and create this new trend um, just surely for a marketing. I think know? it's both. I mean, I think that they're seeing what's working in a place like San Francisco. That's similar coffee culture to Seattle. It's a big city. There's a lot of room for growth in an educated market with wealthy people that can afford drinks. Um, and they see that model just like Starbucks that, Hey, that model is definitely viable in Denver and Kansas city and can just start spreading out. Now, can you be and, that big and still that good? Can you be as big as Starbucks and, produce at the quality that we believe blue bottle is doing one quote uh i recall from the article uh quote from from one of the owners he said that that they're very interested in not focusing on consistent quality but focusing on improving quality uh, which says to me that they're more interested in um 
the result of quality as opposed to consistency. Right. Which it's, I think Starbucks, on the other hand, focused on consistency. Well, for generations, <clears throat> coffee's always been about the consistency. Right. You know, that's what sells. That's what's easy. And if you have something, a model, so sustainable coffee, grown smaller farms, you know, more hands involved in, in how it's picked and processed and, and it makes better coffee when you have more care for it. But it's also in smaller demand. So a company like Starbucks with 300 million pounds of coffee a year, they obviously have to buy from larger farms to meet those demands. Right. Now, Blue Bottle, I don't know if they're going to get that large, but, you know, if they can just start buying up lots of coffee, so maybe it's a regional thing, you know, certain roaster areas that they have will have, you know, limited selection of coffee. I mean, you can have consistently good coffee that's going to be very yeah. Good. I mean, that's, that's what's cool about coffee is mm-hmm. it's an agricultural product that seasonality to it. There's, you know, 10 to 12,000 varieties available at any given time. Um, you know, so it's, I like that they're devaluing the consistent flavor, you know, but valuing the, the consistently, the good quality of the sustainable bean. and quality beans. So you'd rather go to the South and know that no matter what they're selling, you're getting a quality product versus a consistent product um, versus if you're on the West coast or if you're up here in the Northwest. And I I also suspect of course that their, their customers, certainly their current customers are more used to the idea of exploring something new. Right. Uh, So, so the idea of going to a different part of the country, visiting a blue bottle, you know, the excitement might be what is the the coffee in this part of the country? Like, I know I'm going to get a fantastic cup, now I can explore what it's like elsewhere. Uh, and that's uh, certainly a different experience. Um, I could yeah. be much more accepting, I think, coming from where we're at, to say that when I'm traveling, that I can go somewhere and know that I'm going to get quality coffee that's unique over a, cons- a consistent big cup of milk. But here's the, here's the alternative is, is that, so these investors are investing in one business, Right. Mm. Significant amount of money. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you, I mean, so they're creating a brand out of Blue Bottle. So when, when yeah. somebody that doesn't necessarily know where to look, they go to a place, you know, Knoxville, Tennessee, and there's a Blue Bottle. And they're like, okay, well, we know that's good coffee. Yeah. Right. That's the same story that Starbucks had 20 years ago. Yeah. There's nothing new about that. Yeah. You know, Starbucks started with the fair trade and all this kind of stuff and started that storytelling. That's great. I mean, they, they've done amazing stuff for the industry, but that's old school at this point. You know, so now Blue Bottle is basically repeating that just with a little bit different lingo about sustainability and smaller farms. And, yeah. that, you know, and there's some there's some value to that having the smaller farms for sure. But, you know, if you really care about building your community and you want to try something local, then there's other plenty of other coffee shops mm-hmm. that are going to have quality coffee. And we're seeing this. And as a wholesaler, we see these things pop up constantly. I mean, you can go to any area of the country right now and Canada and find plenty of micro roasters that are going to have excellent coffee mm. without a lot of effort. You know, I can go to Denver and go to Huckleberry. I can go to Kansas city and go to, you know, uh, how is it? Um, I mean, I guess we don't, we don't have too many perspectives from the rest of the world. Um, <clears throat> I'll be checking out Australia, at least Melbourne, uh, in May. I'm interested to see what the coffee culture is like there. Um, from what I understand, uh, coffee in Melbourne is is huge. Yeah, uh, it's one of the biggest uh, places in the world. And then, of course, there are areas like uh, Norway, mm-hmm. um, and uh, who have roasters that are are doing phenomenal things uh, in that part of the world. Um, 
So let, I just finished reading the article on my uh-huh. iPhone, and so let me ask this question. And I, I, uh, there are some parts that I glazed over, I will admit. Uh, Michael Mage, coffee amateur. Um, here's one thing that I want to do about go back to uh, related to the article is this comparison between Microsoft and Apple, which, again, is the only comparison that's out there, right? Mm. But um, – if you if you think about it a little bit, and what we know about Microsoft and Apple is Microsoft's vision was a computer in every home, right? And so you can that that is a fair analogy one might say for Starbucks in terms of elevating coffee consciousness, we'll say across the U.S., right? A latte in every hand. A, a latte in every hand, right? Um, and and their experience, I mean, they have a lot of added things that they put on top of sort of the coffee experience. One might say maybe syrups and creams and things like that that don't necessarily belong. But we only know that now because people have gotten into coffee in the first place. We've been introduced to it before. It was just kind of that cup of joe, that motor oil that jolted you out the door each morning. But now it's become sort of like a sophisticated beverage, which we can, you know, call handcrafted and, and, you know, create a podcast out of magazine digital magazines out of right i mean it's it's not a a fair stretch so in some ways it's almost a little bit of blue bottles ability to capitalize on this maybe more sophisticated notion of coffee is um sort of built on the foundation that that starbucks laid down in, in terms of just even being able to enjoy or understand coffee at a new level um, so maybe in that way, it is a benchmark of where we are as a society, right? I mean, at least as, in terms of coffee consumption. Um, so is it safe to say that it's the future is just building on the past? On the well, it always the is. I mean, then let's get philosophical yeah. about it. Sure, it always is. But I mean, if you go back to the technology example, like that what Apple does and the revolutionary products that one might say they put out um, are, could not have happened unless sort of, you know, we had the big tech wave in the beginning. And so this article talks about this third wave of coffee um, really, you know, being spearheaded by blue bottle and kind of eliminating any, any of the distractions that one normally associates with the coffee environment, like no Wi-Fi, no outlets for your laptops, just coffee. Um, and I think that's a different experience from certainly what Starbucks yeah. offers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think, get, gets people probably – I've never been to a Blue Bottle. I'll, I'll just say that out front. But I would imagine that it gets people to appreciate the coffee at a, at a different level. Um, and, and then going back to those storytelling aspects that you were talking about as well. Do you think that the customer is going to accept that? I mean, most people are really comfortable with the coffee house atmosphere. Right. And if you take away their toys or their work while they're having the coffee, is it possible for the consumer to sit there and straightforward enjoy a cup of coffee? I think that's still a bit. Yes, I I would say absolutely. And I would say it's a certain type of customer. Yeah, and and I guarantee they're not going to drink as much volume wise. They're they're not going to sit there and drink 20 ounce lattes. They're going to have a smaller drink and they're going to talk to each other a lot more. This is what's really cool about this model. And I I don't think $25 million is enough, frankly. I mean, if they're going to really be that, you know, that kind of thorn inside of Starbucks and kind of come in there and pop up. It's clearly not enough money, and it's also it's a business model that works well on the West Coast and works well mm. with these educated people, where you don't have to spend a lot of time educating them on, on why there's no sockets. Mm. It's just you go in there, it's like, oh, this is great, you know, I'm getting. Out <laughs> oh, there are no sockets. Yeah, I mean, when you go to a place in the Midwest, I mean, how how many people are going to be in there and 
either, you know, and wonder you know, why it's so bright, wonder why there's no outlets. And just, it's like, like oh, I thought this was a coffee shop. You know? I have and to talk really, to people. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it challenges so much of our status yeah. quo mm -hmm. that I think I admire that and I'm skeptical of it. Well, gee, now Especially I want a blue bottle scale. up here. So here, here, I, I have a question. <laughs> yeah. What, what, is, what would, what would be the right average now. cost um, of a cup of coffee, a blue bottle? Versus it's the same. Starbucks, same. is it? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. talked about this on a previous episode, but it's 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 the fun little frustrating paradox in coffee that but now, Starbucks, I mean, you know, the equivalent of McDonald's in a way of of the proliferation yeah, at least yeah. of coffee mm -hmm. is that latte is the same price mm -hmm. whether you go to Blue Bottle, whether you mm -hmm. go to Starbucks, whether you go right. to you know Conduit, one of our cafes or something. And, but the way mobile technology is with the internet now, you almost don't need to have it internet free for your customers because it's on their phone. Um, a lot of people, at least, I mean, I still nowadays leech on to whatever internet is available right. and hopefully it's free. Um, you know, I know Starbucks tried charging for the internet for one and they had a big backlash. Yeah, yeah, you know, $7 an hour or whatever it was. And, you know, they had a little bit of a backlash, but you know, they also had people that were seeking out Starbucks and parking in their parking lots and not buying their product just to right. use their internet. Right. Nowadays, though, if you have a small place, it's very sterile, very clean, not a lot of outlets, you know, it's a walk-up window, mm. the business owner is not going to need to have internet, per se, for the customer. So right. the, the costs are going to be lower there. Um, you know, you maybe the turnover. seating is going to be smaller, so you don't need as much square footage. You're, you know, it's a walk-up bar. Maybe right. it is still in porcelain and in glass. but mm. Well, that's uh, what's cool. I mean, the article says this a little bit. The Blue Bottle is very focused on creating cafe from the spaces that are available. You know? yeah. So that, and that's a big difference yeah. from Starbucks too, is not just this yeah. cookie cutter Absolutely. color scheme, right? you know, all the, the CDs for sale. They talk about the Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. 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 On sale. You know, they don't have any of that stuff. You know? <laughs> you make your own, you could go into Starbucks and they have this little light that you could burn your own you CD can selection. Your own, yeah. Uh, yeah. Pick your own songs. Yeah. yeah. So much yeah. world music. Oh yeah. And you know, I mean, Starbucks is more of a, uh, almost like a cafeteria or cafe style coffee. You're going in there, you're maybe getting a, a bagel or a donut mm -hmm. or a sandwich right. and you're getting a frappuccino right. instead of a latte, you know. So I guess, go ahead. They're, you know, they're more of, I think they're more of a, um, almost like a deli, you know. I mean, they're not a sandwich like sure. in the sense of that, but they are more of an eatery and coffee yeah. shop. Well, this is what uh, frustrates me so much about, okay, I'm just going to say this right now. <laughs> Go on. Dive in. You know, we're talking about Blue Bottle, which is a very, very good reputation. Yeah. Very nice coffee. I mean, yeah. and actually incredible coffee. Some of their single origins and stuff like that. I mean, it's some of the best coffee certainly available on the West Coast. And, and it's it's absolutely exquisite. And we're having this entire podcast reading, you know, from this article on comparing Blue Bottle to Starbucks. To Starbucks. Exactly. You know, yeah. Starbucks has commercials yeah. for flavored drinks with some caffeine in it. You know, yeah. Starbucks got into a legal dispute over selling breakfast sandwiches and with McDonald's. You know, we're talking about this food services company that's not a coffee and roaster. Yeah. Company now too. Right. Yeah. I mean they're they're not they are not a coffee shop anymore. Yeah. They are not a roaster anymore. Even compare you know, so to say that this is just kind of creating toxic lingo and it's just recreating Kind of, you know, not just building on the past, but it's just recreating some of these issues mm -hmm. with the past. Well, and not, and and obviously we owe Starbucks a lot because of what they did twenty past. years ago, yeah. right? But things have changed a lot 
farms are different, pallets are different. Everybody wants something different now. And so being able to comparing this to Starbucks, it, it sort of sickens me. It's like saying, hey, you know, these guys, Tom Douglas. Yeah. He just opened his 378th store. Holy God. I didn't know he had that many stores. <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no. Restaurant. Never. Restaurant, yeah. Restaurant, yeah. yeah. Or 278 or yeah, something. I mean, so it was like, wow. I thought he had like 15. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and it's sort, it's sort of like, oh, wait. Because we're talking to the guys that are selling the restaurant equipment and stuff like that. Yes, it's like, right. oh, well, of course you're talking to Tom Douglas. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's not even part of our conversation mm-hmm. anymore. Like, yeah. I'm just not even going to go to try and sell coffee to Tom Douglas restaurants anymore. Right. Because it's such a huge scale. Yeah, that that's not... That's, that's not, not our business model, yeah. and that's not that's the not. coffee we're going for. You know, so to say that Blue Bottle is going to replace Starbucks or going to challenge Starbucks, it's like saying that, yeah. you know, you need a burger here in Fremont's going to start challenging, you know, Burger King. Yeah. You know, because they're doing something different and they have investors. It's like, no, you're creating another chain of really high quality shops and kind of, I don't know. It's So there is no comparison sure. when you want to right. take the quality and the consistency and the community building of a company like Blue Bottle. And then compare it to this juggernaut of a business, which is mostly just a marketing yeah. program now. It's yeah. not, right. you know. Yeah. They're buying Schultz, aisles and yeah, grocery yeah, stores. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, li- I like when you said that, you know, they're, they're trying to put the, the coffee shops in the spaces available. Mm-hmm. Instead of going and maybe purchasing a historical landmark and then getting it out to the point... I mean, there are places where, so especially here in Seattle, yeah. Yeah. that say that, you know, you can't do any changes to the building. They are, right. they're, you know, this is what it is. And uh, it's funny, that's notice, where the original Starbucks is, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yet, uh, Starbucks can't go back into any of those places mm-hmm. because they can't make it look the same. And mm-hmm. there must be a comfort level that they've de- determined with the mm-hmm. customer that the customer likes to go in and see the same thing. It makes them feel at home, maybe. Right. Well, they went for a specific um, experience and they try to make that consistent over all their stores. So yeah. Anyone yeah. can go into a Starbucks store in any part of the world yeah. and know and, exactly and they what they're be, getting. Yeah. They shouldn't be faulted for providing the customers with something like that. Right. And I will say that. You know, there are places that you cannot find a good cup of coffee unless it's Starbucks mm-hmm. right. to yeah. save your life. Oh, you yeah. know? So, let, so we're, we're, I'm we're, actually we're, kind of expecting that in Thailand. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, we're, and we're, you know, a little bit spoiled and speaking from a place of privilege in Seattle because we've got excellent coffee options right. here, including well, Starbucks. Well, it's also a yeah. perspective of, of opulence that we expect coffee in this American sense of Starbucks being available sure. everywhere yeah. we go. It's a first world problem. You know, that, that, that's a, it really that's a, that's is. Another it dis- right. it actually yes. dis- I mean, yeah. on the East Coast even. Oh, yeah. Like, the last time I traveled oh. to the East Coast, I'm like, where, where's Dunkin the coffee? Dunkin' Donuts. Yep. Please. I found myself inside of a McDonald's at a Walmart or yeah. a McDonald's inside <laughs> yeah. of a Walmart <laughs> buying coffee in Ooh. Wyoming on a road trip. Yeah. And it was, it was... Yeah. On the other it's the hand, worst I hate being on vacation in uh, places in like Mexico, like San Miguel de Allende, <laughs> and you see the Starbucks sign plastered on sort of these really sort of uh, quaint, uh, you know, colorful Mexican uh, storefronts, and th- that that bugs me as well. So there, that's the juggernaut yeah, aspect. Yeah, yeah. So right. there is the good, and there's plenty yeah. of coffee in yeah. Mexico. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you can find it, sure, especially sure. for that Starbucks money, sure. I really going back to Blue Bottle. I really like um, just just thinking about the way that they they take you know the experiences that they go into. Uh, oh, sorry, the, the the spaces that they go into and and uh, building their their cafes around the spaces uh, really gives it a sense of. Um, I mean, it's a company that builds on and into a culture. Yeah. 
Um, and I think it, I think it, it takes, uh, probably, I mean, maybe I'm making a bunch of assumptions here, but <clears throat> it seems like it, it, it takes the culture that it, that it comes into and enhances it around a very specific experience. Uh, I mean, it obviously forces you more like when you go in, there's no, there's no distractions. There's just coffee and, and, and the people that are around you forces you to become more uh, intertwined with these people. Um, and I think that's a really fascinating, completely different, uh, you know, as, as you're saying, Jesse, from Starbucks, it's like, uh, you know, not even apples and oranges. It's like apples and golf balls. Mm. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it, yeah. It's true. I mean, there, there's this thing, I mean, with Starbucks, could, could this awesome. money going to Blue Bottle be able to recreate the hiring level that Starbucks huh. Provides. Maybe, maybe that Starbucks will... comes into a neighborhood, right? Yeah. And they hire up 15 employees to work seven days a week so they can be open from six in the morning till 11 at night, yeah. whatever it is. They, they've created jobs for people. And they're created jobs because the consumer wants that product and they're willing to go there and spend their money there. It keeps it open. I mean, it's a circle. I mean, it, 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 could you give a company like Blue Bottle that money? Are they going to go into a neighborhood and need to hire all these people or is the consumer not going to allow blue bottle to stay open hmm. those kind of maybe they right? won't yeah. create uh in terms of, of volume but it, certainly in terms of, of quality i could see blue bottle being a force that raises the bar for what a barista is paid mm-hmm. in this country i'd like that you know but sometimes doing mm-hmm. that well, that's right. starbucks certainly yeah. get it i mean that's just and how many employees does it take to recreate the streamline Right. That Starbucks has well, with the quality that Blue Bottle has. Exactly. And know? at what point, I mean, it, we've talked about this in other times too, but the you don't make that much money on coffee. Right. It's just a, it's a low revenue generating yeah. thing and it takes volumes of people. Mm-hmm. So you're going to pay your baristas more that are well trained and respectable and good managers and you're going to pay them more, but are you going to pay more to the farmers? Like at some point, yeah. you know, until you start charging significantly more, 20, 30, 50% more for right. the coffee itself. Right. Yeah. You know, you're not really going to improve the conditions of anybody along the line over what they are. You know, I mean, are you going to start buying nicer milk so you can start supporting better dairies and local dairies? Yeah. You know, less refrigeration, less homogenization, that kind of stuff, less travel time. Are you going to start supporting local bakers? You know, all that stuff as it grows becomes more and more expensive. And from the conduit, from my perspective, from our perspective here at Conduit, like the momentum that you're going to gain is from that community interaction. You know, the reason why people are going to come and spend $5 on a scone instead of three fifty on a scone is because it's darn good and they, they are likely familiar with that other company. You know, so it's that familiarity, it's the chatting, it's the talking and stuff that makes those prices and those stories worth paying. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what's cool about this model is that the more you get people involved with better farming and better coffee yeah. products and everything that revolves around that, the more that they might be willing to pay more because they, you know, they understand the foundation, the quality of the foundation that brought them that right. product. And I don't see how blue bot. I don't see how anybody can do that on a large scheme. I like, yeah. just, it, it, you can't, it, it's too much chaos going on in there. You know, there's too, there's too many variables across the country, across the yeah. cultures and the people and yeah. the, the roasting and all that stuff to do it. I mean, if it really, they can control the you know, segmentation in the different, uh, communities, right? Like if you can have, you know, Blue Bottle in San Francisco, in LA, in Boston, in you know whatever other city, and have each of those, you know, chunks of Blue Bottle, right, truly being 
part of and accurately in that community. Exactly. Um, then perhaps. But that's a uh, lot of infrastructure. That's, that's a lot true. of HR. Well, a lot of what we're doing is assumption of what, what the future holds for the yeah. coffee industry. That's and that's great. what we're really talking about yeah. is what we know from our past experience, what we're dealing with today in the present, and where we believe the industry and yeah. in, is going in the future. And right. that's why we have these podcasts. And uh, I guess bottom line, yeah. of course, is, I mean, you ha- they have investors. Right. It gave them $25 well, million dollars to do this. So that certainly says something. Exactly. And here's the other side, too, is we... You know, what I, what I was just saying is assuming that their model isn't that sustainable as far as generating revenue. But we also don't know, and it's probably likely, is that Starbucks's model is not also is not sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're going to have to raise their prices, too. If there's a huge drought in Brazil and Sumatra where they, they get a lot of their beans. They say they're not going to, though, don't they? They say they're not going to. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that coffee prices have gone up 77 cents in mm. three weeks. Mm. That's compared to... What, uh, as a as a percentage, is that almost uh, uh, I mean, fifty percent increase? Twenty five, sixty percent, sixty percent increase. Yeah, wow. for a slim margin product. Yeah, mm. and the and it's because there's I mean there's I mean coffee's this is what's so cool about coffee and the geography lesson is the droughts in Brazil and mm. you know the the estimated huge huge crop they're going to get in Sumatra and Indonesia that didn't actually pan out for all sorts of reasons. Mm. Um, and then you have the coffee rust in Central America that's wiping out, mm. especially the corporate farms, mm. especially the low, like Honduras is just like, they're just off the map. What is that exactly? The coffee rust? Yeah. It's a fungus that, that spreads from plants and mm. it's incredibly difficult to get out. Um, I mean, they're looking, I mean, my importer, well, I can't really repeat without swearing, but you know, <laughs> sure. she did not like when I asked her that question, mm. mostly because they don't have an answer. It's not going to be good. It's not good. Yeah. Basically it's not good. It yeah. And that's probably something that yeah. we should discuss. Uh, on a, right. Yeah, so what happens? So Starbucks is yeah. going to be affected by that yeah. in with their scale. Yeah. going to be affected by all these Absolutely. dynamics around mm-hmm. the world much harder than a place like Blue Bottle that's focused on inconsistency, quality, mm-hmm. quality inconsistency. Yeah. So it'd be like, oh, man, you know, El Salvador just got wiped out <laughs> yeah. by the coffee rust. They, you know, our farms aren't producing the coffee yeah. we want. But we got, no big deal. we got Bolivia. Yeah. You know, Peru's having a great year. The yeah. Kenyan coffees this year have been absolutely amazing. Yeah. I mean, just... Everybody listening, buy Kenyan coffees or African coffees. Excuse me. Yeah. They, uh, they're all amazing, right? Um, so, you know, they because they they have a real leverage point over Starbucks because they're not trying to be that consistent, and so you know they will likely be able to sort out and sort seek out yeah better coffee. I mean, I think we've discussed what Blue Bottle. I mean, what we've read so far, right? I mean, we don't know what what they're really going to do with the money yet. And we'll just keep an eye on it. Maybe they don't know what they're going to do with the money. Right? <laughs> you know, if you offered me $25 million, I don't know if I'd know what I'd do right. with it. I might yeah. still have to go to work on right. Thursday. I'm going to take apart just a bunch of Apple computers and encase my coffee well, yeah. bar. And exactly. <laughs> well, well, what is interesting is, is, do they go back to their core values? Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and how do they express those core values right. out across the usage of this the next cash, uh, five right? to ten years should well, certainly be pretty yeah. fascinating this argument is so apple versus mac yeah. microsoft yeah that's been an argument since they've been around right yeah. they're they're apple users and they're yeah, mac, yeah and then they're uh, and then they're mac users no. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? so nobody uses microsoft what are we talking about but no you know i mean yeah. there's this, two juggernauts on the yeah. computer industry yeah. And it's there's a line right down the middle, well, and people are arguing about it. So now we get to coffee, and of course we have our own opinions on what Starbucks is as a business and what it is towards the coffee industry and right. what Blue Bottle is. And if it was any other company, it doesn't have to be Blue Bottle's name. They could have put 
any other micro roaster. I don't know, third wave roaster. Could have been anybody in this. Could have been anybody in that. I mean, I guarantee Cafe Vita has near $25 million available for investing. Probably. I mean, they've just opened up like, what, 15 stores in the last year in LA and New York. Like, I'm making that up, but they've opened stores all over the place. Mm-hmm. One thing that just occurred to me about laughing about this. <laughs> I'm just going to make stuff up now. Yeah. Yammering. <laughs> I know. Coffee I know. Uh, but so. no, what's funny also is that Apple is the most profitable, the largest company based on stock value in this. Absolutely. In yeah. the world. Yeah. yeah. It, it, and again, so it's. Apples you know, and what, golf balls. Right. Yeah. yeah. Apples and golf balls. Yeah. So that's what we'll call this episode. Apples and golf balls. Apples yeah. and golf balls. Yeah. yeah. Like it. And uh, uh, I think, I we think can, that's pretty good. Yeah. Facebook. Mm-hmm. Right. I think we can leave it there because we can certainly, yeah. uh, you know, gladly keep talking about this. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been fun. Yeah. Tune well, in next time. Yeah. I'm tune, John. Tune Liberty. in to the bowl uh, later. Yeah. Uh, that's John Liberty. Yeah. I'm Joseph. I'm Jesse. And I'm Michael Mage. This has been Joseph and Jesse with Coffee Lovers Radio. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to the show and sign up for the email newsletter. Visit coffeeloversradio.com. There you can listen to our shows, click through to our Patreon page to get expanded show notes and other fun stuff. Coffee Lovers Radio is a partnership between Extracted Magazine and Conduit Coffee. Visit coffeeloversradio.com, say hello, and listen to our after show, The The Third Third Crack. Crack!